Hello and welcome to Judas Roar Podcast. My name is Jordan Griffith. I'm a minister and it is my prayer that this podcast helps you grow in your relationship with God. Walk with me through the garden of relationship as I share with you the words that the Lord has put on my heart and I pray that the messages are a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. It is Jordan Griffith with you again, hoping to bring a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation, really instruction. Uh, Still in the middle of this COVID-19 business, but we're still holding on. We're still uh, giving into faith and not fear. Uh, Many, many churches are going online and people are posting different scriptures and different things to try to encourage and build one another up so why don't i just go ahead and say this right now whenever the the coronavirus disappears let's not stop what we're doing let's not stop messaging people and posting stuff on facebook and just flooding facebook with the scriptures and and praying for one another and uplifting one another up. I've seen more unity in the body of Christ, I believe, than I have in a long time. And I think it's just wonderful. You guys are doing an awesome job. We're in this together. We're we're in it for Jesus. And there is no reason to stop now. There's no reason to stop what we're doing. But only to, to continue to do it and keep operating in the unity of the faith. Amen. I ministered uh, the message that I'm bringing you today. I, I ministered this one time at King's Vineyard Ministries. Um, it's from Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. It's what we call the Beatitudes. Some people say that means beautiful attitudes. And surely so. They're very, very Christ-like. And these are the words of Jesus. It said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. <clears throat> so if you counted the, the, the blesseds are they, you have nine. And I don't know how, I guess it depends on the the, the listeners out here. Some of you may be familiar <clears throat> that uh, numbers represent things in the scripture. So you, a lot of people are quick to pick up on this, really, because, you know, seven is in the Bible all the time. You know, seven golden candlesticks, seven stars. You read Revelations, and I forget how many times it says seven in there in the first, well, actually through the whole book, the number seven just keeps popping up. Uh, it, it pops up in the Old Testament. It pops up in the New Testament. Um, the, it's just, uh, it's God's favorite number, they say. It means divine completeness. So numbers represent things. Forty usually represents trials or testing. Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. Moses was on Mount Sinai for 
40 days. Uh, Elijah went on the strength of the meat that, or the food that the angel gave him for 40 days. It was a time of testing in his life. So nine, what does nine represent? Well, nine can represent visitation. But most of the time, whenever you see the number nine in the scriptures, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit. Because there are nine gifts and nine fruits. Nine gifts of the Spirit, which are speaking in diverse tongues, giving messages out in diverse tongues. That's one. Interpretation of the tongues. That's number two. Prophecy. That's three. Discernment of spirits. Four. Word of knowledge. Five. Word of wisdom. Six. The gift of faith. Seven. The gifts. The gifts of healing. Eight. And the gift of the working of miracles, which is number nine. <clears throat> and I'll go over the fruits here in just a moment. But there's nine blessings, blessednesses in the uh, Beatitudes. So I believe this is a reference to the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that whenever the Holy Spirit is infused with our life, then He allows us to carry this out. Because sometimes, I mean, let's just face it, if we're in the flesh, sometimes we're not feeling so merciful. We're not feeling so merciful right now when the last roll of toilet paper is gone from Walmart, right? We're not really feeling very meek. Whenever somebody cuts us off in traffic and, and, and we don't really feel like being a peacemaker uh, whenever we believe we are right or we side with somebody or something like that. We get caught up in a m- bunch of drama or something. <clears throat> Not really big on peacemaking in our flesh. But when we're led by the Spirit, we have those fruits of the Spirit operating in our lives. And so... <clears throat> The Holy Spirit kind of helps bring this on uh, and and helps us become more merciful, uh, helps us be more pure, helps us to be peacemakers, you know, helps us when we're persecuted for righteousness sake. You know, there's sometimes people don't like you being a Christian just because I believe it convicts them of their own stuff they got going on in their lives. So since there's nine blessed uh, blessed proclamations in uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and nine fruits of the scripture or fruits of the uh, fruits of the spirit excuse me I want to I I did a compare and contrast and I found that the fruits uh, of the spirit really go well with what Jesus is teaching here and you know the fruits of the spirit was something that Paul uh, proclaimed in the book of Galatians long before or long after Jesus has already taught on this um, so let's look at the first one it says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven you know um, let's use um, the first one is talking about you know uh, poor in spirit or broken in spirit somebody who's so really what we're looking at is we're looking at somebody who is humble there we're looking at somebody who is humble who has humbled themselves under the mighty hand of god broken uh, he's and even if it's uh, also you know you look at somebody who's brokenhearted the bible says that he is close or not under those that are of broken heart and and saves those to be of a contrite or what that means is a crushed 
spirit. So, like I said, each blessedness corresponds with the fruit. So, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Is basically how those are translated. Right, um, that's how those are, are typically translated and, and and viewed as such. Technically, the if you read the King James, it says love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But the translations of those and what the closer meaning to the original language is actually what I just read to you. Uh, so the first one is love you know uh, love is, is very important love is talked about in the scriptures a lot uh, whenever I officiate over weddings uh, one of the places that I like to go to more than any, any other place and I'm sure that I'm not the only minister who does this but is uh, 1 Corinthians 13 of course which is what we call the love chapter um, and it defines love it's not uh it's not prideful. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Um, it, it 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 bears all things. It receives all things. It it it's love. We know that the Bible says God is love, and he who does not have love ha- doesn't have God, because God is love. Um, it's a distinguishing characteristic because Jesus said, "They will know that you are my disciples because uh, because of the love that you have for one another." And then in another place, uh, I believe this is in Romans, Paul said, we know that we have passed from spiritual death to spiritual life whenever we were saved by Jesus because of the love of the brethren. So love, and we talk about the in, in the book of Revelations about the uh, church at Ephesus that has lost its first love. Um, so love is very important, you know, and you talk about John 3.16, of course, too. So love is 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 the first fruit that's mentioned, and it's a it's the fruit that defines uh, that defines really our relationship with God. God is love. Now that doesn't mean that that we take everything coming and going in the name of love, because there are some things that love requires you to stand against. Right? There are some things that love requires you to stand against. Because love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, it rejoices in the truth. And if you love somebody, you ought to be able to love them enough to tell the truth to them. So if you, so if they're doing something that, uh, for example, that that you know contradicts scripture, they don't see a problem with it, but you do. I believe that we have a responsibility to tell them to, in meekness and humbleness, in other words. Blessed are they who are poor in spirit to go to that person and restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest we also be tempted. That's what Galatians says. So, the broken or the humble spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So that's the first one. The second one, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The next fruit is joy. 
see how it lines up? This is so they're they're corresponding with each other. So he's turned my mourning into dancing. I think one of the Psalms says. So God, you know, the 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 fruit of the uh, of joy rises up in people. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Think about whenever you mourned over your own sin, and the joy of His salvation comforted you when you realized that everything that you did has has been pa- passed away. It's been wiped clean. Think about the remember the joy that come with that, knowing that you were that you were a brand new creature in Christ. That's joy, and we need joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength in Nehemiah. We need we need that joy right now more than ever. We should still be uh, just because we have this going on doesn't mean that we cast away our joy. Doesn't mean that we're not taking it serious. Doesn't mean that we're not being smart about things and being wise about things. But also, we don't um, our, our joy does not come from the world. You know, we can be happy. Happy is is kind of like an emotion, and. The demonstration that I usually give with this, I'm not talking about emotion. I'm talking about uh, characteristics. So, um, trying to get ahead of myself here a little bit, but talking about emotions, if and and being happy, and I, and I want people to be happy. Uh, you know, I like being happy, but happy is an emotion, and it's not the same as joy. You know, if if you were to come up to me and give me one hundred dollars, I'm going to be happy. And then I go down the road and pop two tires, and I got to spend two hundred bucks. So not only did I lose that one hundred, but now I got to put another one hundred out. Where did the happiness go? It changed based on circumstances. That's why we don't go. We can't go by emotions. We can't go by fear. We can't go by what we're feeling at the time because emotions will lead us on a roller coaster and we're going to be up and down and up and down and up and down. And that and that's not what joy is. Joy comes from the Lord. Joy is it cannot be removed by man. The world didn't give you your joy. And the world can't take it away. And Jesus wants our joy to uh, uh, to be full and to remain. Joy is supposed to remain with us. So blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted with the joy of the Lord. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Third fruit is peace. We need peace. We need a lot of peace. Amen. So somebody who's meek, I I, I think of I think of being humble. Um, meekness makes things right, leaves the gift at the altar. It's about peace and reconciliation. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, an inheritance of somebody passing from uh, passing something from one generation to the next. So there, there's rewards with this. The reason why they are blessed is because... So notice the pattern there. But peace, the fruit of peace, goes along with being meek. The Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. And that doesn't mean that you go around people-pleasing or, or, or something like that. 
and 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 compromising your values or your beliefs just because somebody doesn't like it. I'm not advocating that at all. But what I am saying is, you, you know, you it, it takes two to tango. So if somebody's trying to start drama, you can respectfully back away from that and say, "This isn't this isn't what I'm this isn't what I'm about. I'm not into this." And you pull back yourself out of that situation, or somebody rejects you, you just leave. And the Bible says, you know, we talk about shaking the dust off of our feet. If somebody rejects you, you know, you got to shake the dust off. You got to forgive them. You got to go on. All of that is good. Um, but one thing that that a lot of uh, I've noticed ministers leave out it says, "Let your peace return to you." So a lot of them will shake the dust off of the feet and say, well, good riddance, and go off in a root of bitterness. But they don't let their peace return to them. You got to let. So, you know, you keep, well, they hurt me. They, and, and, you know, every time you, you try to hold that hurt a little closer, well, they hurt me. They did this. They said this. They didn't receive what I had to say. They don't believe that I'm called to do what I'm called to do. Every time that that happens, you're pushing your peace away. Instead of letting it come back. But if you are doing this in a spirit of meekness. You let your peace return to you. You let the peace come back. You say they might not have accepted me. They might have rejected what I had to say. But I have my peace. I'm going on. That's meekness. And so the the blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Is associated with the fruit of peace. Blessed are they who hunger after uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Righteousness is good, and the uh, the corresponding fruit, fruit number four, is long suffering. So, thirsting after more than just than any other thing. Sorry about that. Thirsting, uh, thirsting for more than you know. It's not talking about food here. It's talking about hunger and thirst after righteousness. That means that there is an undeniable drive. The hunger and thirst that we experience is a drive that's built into us. We have to have food in order to survive. We have to have water in order to survive. And so that's like a. Uh, it, it's a need that is that that it's a survive need that is driven because you know the first sign of dehydration is of course thirst that's your body trying to get you to say hey we need to replace the fluids because we're running low and so there's a within each Christian there should be an instinctual drive for righteousness uh, for integrity for for doing the right thing for wanting to be pleasing to God. Yeah, our nature changes. Whereas in whenever we were in sin, we were doing the things of the flesh and wanting to do the things of the flesh and taking pleasure in those things. Now we're a new creature. It doesn't mean that our flesh doesn't still desire those things and we have to keep a check on him. But now we have an inward driving that even though the flesh says, yes, let's do what we used to do. There is an inward drive, an inward thirst, an inward hunger that says, I want to do what's right now. And, you know, in the flesh, and, and Paul even said, you know, what good thing I know to do, I that thing I do not, or I don't do the thing that I know to do good. And the thing that I know not to do 
is the thing that I do. And he talks and he's talking about struggling with the the flesh and the spirit. The spirit man that is reborn whenever you get saved. He he wants to to read the Bible. He wants to pray. He wants to 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 just dig into the relationship with God. And the flesh just wants to take it easy. The flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. The flesh wants to get drunk. The flesh wants premarital sex. The flesh wants this. The flesh wants that. The flesh wants the pill. The flesh wants the uh, the pornography. The flesh wants those types of things. The flesh wants to get up and and in anger and and cuss out the first person that they see that that looks at them cross-eyed or something like that. That's the flesh. And so, on the other hand, the spirit, somebody who has long suffering. Somebody who is the the long-suffering person, the patient person, the person that shows restraint and discipline is the one that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. So the fruit of long-suffering helps the hunger with uh, and thirst of righteousness. You see how the two are connected? See, this is amazing. This blows my mind. I love when... When it's like uh, what Pastor Danny Houchin says, it's like the, it's like a, a puzzle. There might be a piece here and a piece there, but God sees the bigger picture and He knows where the puzzles go, and He has a way of causing those puzzles to fall into alignment. As long as you don't get in yourself and try to shove pieces where they don't belong, but He's. I mean, this this message was like a puzzle that just fell right into place, like the analogy that He uses. So blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Moving on. And something, I want to hit the pause button on this and and explain to you that the fruits of the Spirit are characteristics of God. God is love. In uh, uh, In His presence there are fullness, there is fullness of joy. God is joy. God is peace. The Bible says He is our peace. He is our, our, our Prince of Peace. The God of peace shall trample uh, Satan under your feet shortly. Um, God is long-suffering. He, he is very long-suffering. He is very, very patient. Uh, he is very kind. He His goodness, His faithfulness, His gentleness. You know, of course He has self-control. He's God. He's large and he's in charge. So blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I wanted to throw that out there. And the and going back to the fruits again, those fruits, that same characteristic of God, the Holy Spirit brings that same dynamic into our lives. So the Holy Spirit does he's not just for goosebumps and speaking in tongues and walking the pews and swinging from the chandeliers if if that's if you're of the Pentecostal persuasion. That's not what the Holy Spirit's for. The Holy Spirit is to help enable us and empower us to be witnesses. And He draws us closer to the Father and He sanctifies our lives. Those are the three biggest things that He does. Is He helps us maintain our relationship by going before the Father, interceding for us, praying when we, know, when we don't know what to pray. That's one. Two, He... Enables us to live a holy lifestyle, so he brings the fruit of this. People see the fruit in our life, and they know that we're we're legit, that we are born again Christians, because we have the fruits of the spirit. We have the characteristics of God through the spirit on the inside of us. That doesn't mean that you don't have to work on your fruit. That he doesn't prune you a little bit and correct you. 
because he's what what is he doing? He's creating whenever he's correcting you, he's creating a more favorable environment so that you can bear more fruit. It's like the parable of the uh, of the the vineyard and the husbandman. He purges, he clips back. He prunes the vineyard so that more fruit can come from it. So even in correction, whenever you you get sent to the spiritual woodshed, so to speak, God is still creating an environment to make you more like Him, to make you more like His Spirit, which I think which I think is great. So blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. This is associated with the fruit of kindness. Very relatable. Kindness. Somebody who has mercy on somebody is being kind to somebody. Yes, you could so totally shred them apart with your words. You could get on Facebook or Twitter and just blast about how you hate them or how they did you wrong. And you can feel justified in your flesh and you can you can just, you know, they had it coming and and, and right on man and you know all this stuff. You can you can get into that or you can have you can choose to be mercy mer- merciful and show mercy to them. I like what Pastor Jamie Steffi said here recently. He said, In the in the times that we live in, let's pray that mercy triumphs over judgment. That mercy triumphs over judgment. And I agree. I agree 100%. And if you are merciful to others, then God is merciful to you. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We're supposed to have mercy in our lives. It is, uh, you know, and I I did uh, hear recently over the, well, about a year or less even. The Lord, you know, every time that I would look around, there would be a scripture, mercy, mercy, mercy mercy and I, I love that you know the Bible says that God delights in mercy blessed are the merciful merciful for they shall obtain mercy it is by the mercies of the Lord that we are not consumed his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness which is another fruit it's another characteristic of God's character so somebody who is kind the fruit of kindness goes hand in hand with showing mercy to people. And maybe they don't deserve mercy. But you know what? Neither did you. Neither did I. I didn't deserve mercy for 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 sins that I've committed against God. But you know what? He he gave me mercy and thank God. Thank God for it. Thank God for his kindness that that that, that he extended mercy to me. That he extends mercy to me every morning. That is a blessing. I, 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 I've, I am blessed, y'all. I'm, uh, I am. And I know that you guys are too. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, the fruit of kindness. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is associated with the fruit of goodness. Alright, so Moses... He said, Lord, show me your glory. I think this is about Exodus chapter 33. He's getting ready to be hid in the cleft of the rock. And see the Lord pass before him. And he said, show me your glory. And the cool thing about this is God was just 
had just finished telling Moses, I want to speak to you as a man speaks a friend to a friend in the tabernacle. And then Moses said, God, show me your glory. I'm not content to just hear from you. I want to see you. I want to go deeper with you than nobody else has ever seen. Because God said, no man has seen God and lived at that time. So he placed him in the cleft of the rock. But before he did that, when Moses said, show me your glory, God, God, Moses, or God said, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. The goodness of God and the glory of God are hand in hand. The glory of God is the kavod. And the word is kavod. C-A-V-O-D-E. Kavod in Hebrew. And it means the weight. The weight of His presence. The weight of His glory. That warmth that just envelops you like a blanket when you're in His presence. That is His glory. That is His presence. That is His goodness. And so the goodness and the glory are very are so intertwined. So I will make my goodness pass before you is what God told Moses. And then we find here thousand years later blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God so Moses was told he would see the glory of God and not only did he see the glory of God but he saw the Bible says the hinder parts of the Lord passing by goodness pure in heart you will see God. That is a promise of the scripture. That's how the fruit of goodness is 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 linked up with being pure in heart. For they shall see God. That's something I want to see someday. I want to be in his presence for forever. That's where I want to spend my eternity. In his presence with him. with In whose presence there is fullness of joy. And in his right hand pleasures forevermore. That's where I want to spend eternity. The next beatitude is peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. This is associated with the fruit of faithfulness. Sons and daughters, we've not all been faithful to our parents. Even when our parents are faithful to us, but God is faithful. So somebody who's a peacemaker, this is turning the other cheek, going the second mile. The Bible says that if, if somebody compelled you to walk one mile with them, walk two. If they sue you for your tunic, give them your cloak also. The fruit is faithfulness. Sons and daughters exhibit faithfulness to the Lord. True sons and daughters of God So not peacekeepers, not doing everything to keep everybody happy and to keep everything balanced and all of that. That's that's not what that means. Peacemakers, they they are a type of go-between, I guess, in a way. And I kind of look at these guys as negotiators. But here's actually the, the big thing. They're not afraid to leave their gift at the altar and be reconciled. 
if you, it, the Bible says that if you know that your brother has an ought against you, not, not, now a lot of people have gotten this mixed up. It's not that if you have an ought against your brother, leave your gift, be reconciled, and then return to give the gift. It says if you know your brother has an ought against you, that means that if you know that somebody's holding something against you, then we need to try to at least make it right. Doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they're going to accept it, and if they don't, that's on them. But if you know that your brother has ought against you, you need to try to reconcile with them. That's an exhibit as a, of a son or a daughter of God. That's being a peacemaker. And if they don't receive you, you let your peace return to you again. Blessed are you when are blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is associated with the fruit of gentleness. Gentleness and persecution defending but not firing back or getting in the flesh. So whenever somebody comes up to you and says, well, you're a fake Christian. You're not You're not this and you're not that. You are this and you are that. People on the job or, or, or whatever. I'm thankful that I don't have that, uh, have that problem at work. We get along together swell. But maybe that's your situation. Maybe you have have an issue with a co-worker or a family member and you know it's getting to be uh, Easter time and you know if the if, if the virus kind of slows off by that time or whatever there's going to be people that's going to be coming together um, Christmas time Thanksgiving or whatever holiday you celebrate there's going to be people uh, you know people coming that you know that might have persecuted you that might have blamed you for something or or something like that you a soft answer turns away wrath you you handle that in the fruit of gentleness and the holy spirit will help you with that the final uh beatitude blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake so a lot of Christians were accused of blaspheming God back in the first century. Well, they they believed that this Jesus was the Son of God. That's blasphemy. We need to we, we need to kill him. And a lot of them died. Um, that that was kind of what Jesus was talking about. And that's and and that the blessedness that comes with that is associated with the spirit of self-control or the the fruit of self-control whenever you're reviled and all kinds of evil are being said to you falsely you don't get in the flesh you know i i believe that you can defend the truth you can give an answer for uh, against what they're saying but you exercise self-control you don't get your emotions manipulated to react in the flesh because what's ultimately what's going to happen is that, like let's say for example somebody accuses you of being a fake Christian and then you say well if I'm a fake Christian then and then you go off on a cussing tangent or something like that then they're going to sit back and laugh and say see he ain't no Christian she ain't no Christian and so the fruit of self-control fruit of self-control is probably 
probably the one that that the greatest majority of all of us need need help in. It's the great. That's the one that I need help in. You know, full disclosure. That's that that that's one fruit of a couple of all of them that I could improve on. I can improve on all of these things. Um. So. That being said, I just uh, I hope that this was this this teaching. I know it's we're going on thirty five minutes, guys, but uh, I hope that this was a blessing to you. Hope that it made sense. Uh, I appreciate you all. Let's have a word of prayer before I close. Heavenly Father, as I come before you, I thank you, God, for every listener. I thank you, God, for the truth of your word, for the truth that's been expressed here. For the teachings, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would just rise up in every individual, every believer here, Lord, uh, in these in these days that we're living in. That we would exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and that the church would truly be the light and the salt of the earth. As you said in the same chapter in Matthew 5, uh, just a couple verses down, you said, We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And we give you the praise and honor glory. Don't let the light be hid. Just as a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Or it's not put under any kind of container. It's not hidden from any anybody. But let, let, our, let our salt just salt our conversations. And let our light just shine forth in the dark times. And God, we thank you for your glory, for your goodness, Lord, that you caused to pass before us. And for your mercies, God. And Lord, I pray, God, mercies and, and, and goodness and protection, Lord, over everybody that, that uh, against this virus, Father God. I just pray, God, that you would just uh, just make up the gap and stand, uh, stand in the gap and make up the hedge, Lord. And Lord, we just lift all of the sick up before you, God, and ask you, Lord, to heal them and touch them, Lord. And it's in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.